0: start and it's going one. okay okay I am Janet Thaler and I am here with the Amundsons I'm so sorry I always think it say it it doesn't come out as I think I was gonna say it but this is Mark and Debbie and I want them to tell a little bit about themselves first because um, they came into our ward in a unique way Um, and they've been you'll have to tell me how long you've been here and what led you to this house and this ward.
1: Hey. Your sister. Yeah.
2: So,
0: we live in the
2: Sykes home temporarily. My sister is Jenny Sykes, and um, they asked us to come and house sit their house for them for the three years while they are serving in Africa, in Angola, Africa, on a mission um, as mission presidents, actually. Um, How long have you been here now? so we've been here almost a year and a half yeah so they're about halfway on their mission at the end of the year be halfway Mm
0: -hmm.
2: and where did you live before we lived in far west utah just up the road to the north (laughs) not too far yeah did you sell that house yeah we sold that house we we weren't going to stay there after we retired and so this was not a problem at all to do what they asked so
0: yeah. does anyone else live here with you?
2: Yeah, so Scott and Jenny's youngest son lives in the basement. Chris. It's a whole Chris, yeah. It's a whole apartment and has everything he needs, washing machine, refrigerator, all that stuff. Yeah. So yeah, he lives in the basement. Okay. And then what's the plan after they get home? Uh we don't know. <laughs> well, I mean, obviously we'll have to, you know, buy a house, find a place to live and buy a house. We would love to stay in the ward, but we don't know if that will happen, so it's all just a mystery right now. <laughs> all right. Lots of things are we, a mystery. We,
1: we figure the Lord led us here, he'll lead us elsewhere.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there was a lot of extenuating circumstances to us ending yeah, up here. It we, really was. We both had revelation that we were going to be involved in this somehow. And so when they, came, when they asked us, it wasn't really a surprise.
0: Oh, really? How yeah. long before had you felt like you are being prepared before you actually... Well, so they left in July, but clear
2: back the fall before, like October-ish, um, Jenny had done a family Zoom meeting and told us that they were being called as mission presidents. And they didn't know even the place then because they don't find out the place until like January. Um, they told us that they were being you know, called for full-time um, church service. And 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 would be mission president somewhere, and that late that same day later after we got off the Zoom call, I I had you know just I don't know revelation premonition what feeling whatever you want to call it that there was going to be some way that we were going to be involved in helping them out or something, um, and we didn't know exactly what, but then that that feelings kept
0: coming, yeah. Was yeah. it spe- more specific than that as you got closer, or any point? Um, I tell tell your experience
2: that you had a couple times.
1: Yeah, so um, so we didn't need, we didn't find out that that they wanted us to come and and uh, take care of the house until about five weeks before they left. Yeah,
2: April thirtieth. So, in fact, it was yeah, our granddaughter's exactly. baptism. So it was April thirtieth, and they left the end
1: of June yeah and some and and sometime during March or April I think it was in April because it wasn't long before we did find out um, that they wanted us to come uh, house sit for them Um, I was just driving down the road one day and this thought came into my head uh, families do what families need to do to help their family members get on a mission
2: Wow, and that's such to... an interesting thought, yeah and right? i thought I and that thought, happened well, twice to and him. my
1: my reaction was well duh you know of <laughs> that's course, obvious yeah you know, that's, <laughs> like, that's really what, you that's know, not news here. but the more i thought about it you know the more i thought well okay you know we would of course want to help anybody in the family and we were th- and, and i was thinking future because we had a granddaughter um, Who's on a mission right now. <laughs> yeah, who was preparing to go on a mission. And, uh, you know, I thought, well, that, of course that makes sense. Well, two days later, driving down the road again, the exact same thought ran through my head. And the <laughs> same reaction, you know, well, of course, you know, we would we would do that. And then it wasn't more than, I don't know, I don't think a week or two. when we got the phone call and
2: i kept having that the feeling that there was going to be some way that we were involved and it had occurred to me that maybe they would need us to take care of their house whether it was live here or just check on it and stuff like that um but you know but i didn't know how how we would be involved but it was a consistent thought and feeling that that was going to happen and it was probably good that he you know that mark had that you know a similar experience because he's not very spontaneous and I don't think he would have been like oh yeah we're going to sell our house in a month and move or you know in a couple months and move and but because he would had that experience and we we're like why not sure we can do that why did they so, wait so long to tell you, do you think? well we do know they had another family that was going to rent it and then it didn't work out okay. yeah it didn't work out and so that's that's when they found out you know that it wasn't gonna work out and
0: so they they were like now kind of like ah what are we gonna do yeah so as you're looking back now that you've done this why do you think the Lord wanted you here is it just to help out Uh, because no, they need someone not even close
1: yeah it's uh um, well we We were easily the best pick out of the family. Debbie has several sisters. um, But not
2: uh, everybody can uproot their life. Yeah, but we
1: were were the easy pick because um, Debbie was retired. Um, I was going to be retired by the end of the year and didn't have any kids at home or anything like that it was easiest it was it was easiest for us and to we'd already, ourselves
2: yeah and we'd already made the decision that we were going to
0: stay where we were so we yeah. were going to relocate anyway yeah but all those things that timing that revelation yeah do you think is there more to it like why did the lord want you right here right now <laughs> well of course we didn't We didn't know that
2: Mark was going to get diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. But we feel like that we were supposed to be here and that we were led here because this ward is amazing at taking care of people. Have they been so inclusive and kind and just generous and just everything. I mean, I, I think we were supposed to be here during this time because... We've been so well looked after.
1: Yeah, it's been, it's, it's just it. it, it the The fourth ward has just been wonderful to us. Um, if If we had been in our previous ward, it would have been well. Good luck with that. Yeah. We, um, well, I don't have to tell you which ward it was. Yeah, we won't tell them. Um, you know, but here uh, we we lived in a in a ward in Utah County. It was just absolutely phenomenal. It was like. Um, It was just, it was just wonderful. We were very, everybody there was very much family, and we lived there for twenty-one
2: years. And so, once we, I took a job at Utah State, and we moved up to northern, farther northern Utah. Um, We haven't been in a ward that had that same feeling until this ward, and we'd been in two other wards in the, the the ten years that I taught at Utah State. We were in two different wards, and.
0: Um, yeah, I mean, a soft landing. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> for hard things. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. It,
1: it, you can't. You can't imagine how wonderful people have been to us. You know, not only just since we moved into the war, but ever since you know my, pan- sick, you know, yeah. ever since I um, my cancer <laughs> diagnosis came to light.
0: Yeah, we do have. Yeah, we loved it even before he <laughs> yeah. got cancer, and then it's just. Yeah. <laughs> They've been so amazing. Do you have any specific things you would like to share that, that meant something has meant a lot to you? I know that we're talking in generalities, but specifically. Well, I think,
2: I think, um, you know, one thing And this, we started doing this long before the cancer diagnosis, but, um, we were invited to be in a come follow me study group. And we've gotten with some other, you know, not so young couples (laughs) (laughs) and um, people. And we've really grown to love them and appreciate them. And, you know, we had friends that helped, you know, helped us. And uh, one specific thing besides just they've, you know, been amazing to us, that particular group with lots of meals and, you know, just lots of things. but. One thing is that as the activities chairperson I was trying to do the Halloween party and I came to study group one day just overwhelmed and stressed out of my mind. He was in the hospital. It was like maybe a week and a half until the party. And I somebody just asked the right question and I just like spilled out all of it and they, that group took over and ran that. I didn't even go to the ward Halloween party. I did, you know, a lot of the leg work and up too, but he got out of the hospital the day of the party. And so anyway, they, they took over. They did everything that I would have done by myself. They, they did. They went and set up with, you know, the elders quorum helped, but they went and supervised and set up. they, you know, they served the food. They did everything that, you know, I didn't even do one thing on the day of the party because that's the day he came home and he was still pretty sick. He'd been in there for a week. And I guess that when I told them, when I when that study group happened, I think it was a couple of days before you went to the hospital. But then he yeah. ended up being in the hospital for a week and coming home on the day of the party. And so, yeah. And then because I think... I think someone in that group texted the bishop. He then he then texted me and said something about, do you think you're up to doing the Christmas party? And I said, nope. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> Too much. And yeah. so, yeah, he's called a committee that looks like they're doing a wonderful job. So
1: Yeah. We've, yeah. we've had people offer offered to just even take our garbage cans down to the curb. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we've had we've had people many uh,
2: many 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 many
1: ma- yeah, meals and, had people since it started snowing um, clean out the approach to our driveway um, it's been you know and and people that we didn 't even feel like we knew
2: brought us meals you know, and stuff yeah. would bring
1: us bring us meals um, or come up to us just come up to, us, to us church and say you know we want you to know we 're praying for you yeah and you know, you can tell when people are just, you know, how people do. You know, well, how are you doing? Oh, great. You know, and you say, oh, I'm fine. You know, and, oh, and he, good. And and he lies. Of, you know, and, <laughs> yeah. And, and uh, you know, and then, and then you can tell when people really are sincere. And there's been so many, you know, of the sincere variety that uh, have, you know, let yeah. us know that they're praying for us. And it's just been really nice.
0: Um, I have to say that when you were talking in church in your testimony about I don't know how you said it but you said something about how people say that they're praying for you and that's just a matter of speech maybe but it really you could feel it.
1: Absolutely. Yeah.
0: So like that might seem trite to people that don't have faith or praying for you but
1: it, Yeah, it's it's uh... It's in, it's interesting because you know you can actually you can actually feel it you can feel that power of prayer coming through you know in, on on your behalf.
0: What does it feel like?
1: Oh, uh, it's.
2: Well, I can say that we are doing. I I, I have I know that we are doing. As well as we are because of those prayers we can feel the power of the prayers and the name in the temple and our name has to be in 50 temples because people keep telling us that they are putting it in all over the world I even have a friend in Canada who put our name on the prayer you know in the temple for the prayer roll. but we can feel that it's you know lifting us up and buoying us up for through this yeah, for absolutely.
1: sure
0: yeah. That, that was the mo- that was so beautiful I thought that took a lot of courage I don't know if it did for you because I don't know you well enough to stand up and be vulnerable to say you know even when you got up same with Barbara Nichols I'm like oh you know to like talk about something so tender yeah. and share your heart with that's yeah. I don't know if you would do that in your last word but I was you know really honored that you would trust us and like be that vulnerable to. I don't know if it felt vulnerable to you but to me to talk about it when it's so still so yeah, there, you know, yeah. still. Well, I
1: tend, to, I tend to speak my mind, and sometimes that's good, and sometimes that's <laughs> not so good. But.
0: So that was normal for you, to be able to yeah. talk about it. Okay, that's yeah. good to know. Um, I don't want to take too much of your time. I know you have a party and things coming, family coming, but really quick, I you said something about working at uh, Utah State, and I know you've said something about your profession, but... Tell me about that background and then a little bit about, maybe we should start with a little bit about your family. Like you growing up a little, like where you grew up, and about your family now, your kids, and then about your professions. We'll just make that like... Okay. So um,
2: I grew up in Las Vegas and California, and um, I have five sisters and one brother. My parents live in Mapleton, down in Utah County. They moved to... Um, from California about it's been over 25 years ago. Um, I'm the oldest and Jenny who everyone knows is number three (laughs) so the first six are all girls and then there's one brother. Um, I went to BYU which is where we met and um, I had a couple careers. I worked as a regular elementary ed teacher for 12 years. Then I went back and got my master's degree in speech language pathology and worked in that career for over 30 years. And um, the last 10 and a half years of my career, I taught at Utah State. I taught graduate students that were getting their master's in speech language pathology, and that's how we ended up moving up north from Utah County. Um, We have four children and 14 grandchildren. Our oldest son lives in Washington, and uh, he has four kids. And then our second one is a daughter. She lives down in Utah County in Saratoga Springs, and she has three girls. And her oldest daughter is on a mission right now, serving in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, mission. And um, our next one lives up in Hiram. She also has four kids. And then our youngest, um, he and his wife, um, and they're, they have a little, they have, uh, two girls and a little baby, um, well, he just turned one. <laughs> they live in Midway. And, uh, yeah. So everyone's close and most have four children. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Three, well, two have three and two have four and okay. only one lives out of state. Yeah. But our oldest lives in Washington.
1: Sorry. Yeah. Um. So, I grew up in the Bay Area in California. What city? San Leandro. Oh.
0: I was born in Vallejo. And I lived in Pleasanton. Okay.
1: Um, I have two older sisters. Um, what else? I went uh, went <laughs> to school at BYU. Like Debbie said, that's where we met. Served a mission. Served a mission to Norway.
0: Oh. How long was your mission?
1: Uh, two years. Two years. Um... Yeah, spent uh, spent nearly my entire working career in credit management. Um, although I owned a small company for uh, about five years until the Lord literally told me to sell it because it was time.
2: For um, how many years? Sorry, no, it was about eight years. What eight years. It? You
1: yeah. said five. I thought. No, about five. About oh, no. five. Yeah, about five. Oh, okay. Almost six. Almost six that. years. Okay. Um, and that uh, that was an interesting story. It was about a year before uh, the economy crashed in '08, and uh, um, it, if I had not sold when I did, I would never have gotten out of it what, what I eventually did, did get because of the economy collapsing. Nobody would have ever loaned the guy money
2: yeah, to, to buy, buy the
1: company. Um, oh. So um, that, was, that was interesting. But went back into credit management and spent the rest of my career in that. I retired from uh, uh, from a steel company. Called at the, end, at the end of last year, Brown Strauss Steel.
0: Huh. out of state, right? Uh, no, just the no, in well, no
1: headqu- headquartered in Denver. Okay, okay. and yes. we have locations. Well, it's getting to be all across the country now. Um, but uh, yeah.
0: What was your degree in?
1: Uh, my. In geology? <laughs> no. No. Oh, I guess that wouldn't be no, fine. No, actually, my, de- my degree, I had a bachelor of science degree in audiology.
2: Oh. Which is the other half of speech, yeah.
0: Yes.
1: Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so when it came time to go to grad school, um, they only had like four openings, and I was like number six on the list. He's
2: like, I'm done, I'm and not going to yeah, school. we <laughs> had, Yeah, we had a
1: couple of kids, and I just decided I'm done with school, and... Uh, and branched out into, and I've had several experiences working in accounting. Um, so I just decided to branch out Well, and part into of the time that.
2: you went BYU, you majored in accounting. So yeah. he had a lot
0: of coursework
1: so there, too. I, I w- what what the experience was.
0: Uh huh. Wow. Is your company that you sold still in existence?
1: Uh, yes
2: yeah it's a yes. it's a big franchise out of california oh, You bought yeah it was a franchise they repair dental instruments for dentists
0: okay how did you go from where you were at to dental yes. <laughs> yeah. i
1: had okay so in the war that we lived in down in utah county um i home taught uh a, a man and his wife um and he had been a big shot consultant in the dental industry and he said to me one day he said you know we and we we kind of became we kind of became pretty good friends and he said to me one day you know he said if I wasn't doing this he think he said I think I would own a small um handpiece repair company And handpieces are what dentists use to drill and whatnot and I said oh what's what's that all about um and so he told me and uh um I, I couldn't get it out of my head it just you know really inter it, it, it was an interest for me, and I was getting kind of sick of what I was doing at the time and uh eventually found a company uh a small franchise where the guy had owned only owned it for a year and a half and was running it in the ground and and uh got a good deal on it and and uh I took it and and grew it to the point where I could hardly keep up anymore yeah and uh that's kind of. I, I'm, I'm really glad that the Lord came along and said, you need to sell your company and do it, do it now.
0: How did that come about? Like, what was it? I mean, I'm totally fascinated with personal revelation right now. <laughs> so was it like driving in the car and you thought it and thought it or what kind of experience taught you? I mean, that's a big, I don't know. It, was, it wasn't your heart. I don't know if your heart was in your company, but it that's was. that's oh, yeah. how I feel like most people feel about their yeah. Com- businesses. Yeah.
1: No, I, I thoroughly, I mean, except, except for, you know, it, you know, nearly driving me to drink because I was so busy. Um, It, it, uh, um, I, I still loved it. I loved the work. I I really did. And it, it also, it also made me a better person because, um, I'm not a very outgoing person, but when I bought the company, I realized I had to become a salesperson too. And like I say, it was kind of suffering. And if it, if I was going to make it, I had to get out and work. And sell myself to various dental practices all over the state
2: yeah, his franchise was the whole state, and they have other options for handpiece repair so yeah, yeah
1: so they had you know they had big companies that that are in their offices all the time and and uh, then it's just me, the little guy. But uh, fortunately, I kicked most of their butts. <laughs> um,
0: and and you became more confident through that.
1: Yeah, I became much more confident. I you know I learned how to go in and speak to people and and you know approach them and and uh, you know do my best to service them and and whatnot. But yeah, it was it was about it was about a year, maybe not quite a year, when one day it just. I just literally got it, you know, with, you know, it was kind of like whispering in my ear, you need to sell your company, and you need to do it now.
2: So wow. we did, and then and we had ne- the recession of
1: 2008. I, yeah, yeah you I, never knew that was coming. Yeah, and I didn't know why. Uh-huh. And uh, a and, guy uh, just happened to come along at just the right time. Um, it was before banks started collapsing and not loaning money. and and whatnot, so...
0: The Lord just lined it up for you. He did, yeah. Is that how your life is? That. Do you feel like you... Yes. That's for how it's sure. been. For him. Yeah, he
2: he is... I, I feel like our whole married life, he's been um, close to the Spirit and has received revelation for himself and our family that has always, you know, been... It's always been the right thing and, you know, been... And he listened, which is some people don't do that. I would probably one of those who doesn't listen as well I'm sure
0: <laughs> I think the listening part's harder, yeah, maybe that personality that was more introverted could mm. be more receptive because yeah. we tend to fill in the gaps and <laughs>
1: uh, yeah i i yeah, I don't know, but it 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 worked out just exactly like you know it it needed to. Um, the company had had grown to the point where it was worth a lot more than I than I had bought it for and, and it was just it was just perfect perfect timing
0: yeah and that's your whole life you feel like you have been receptive to revelation that it's kind of a gift that you've had or
1: well I've never thought of it that way but I just you know kind of thought of it as you know um, gee sure I'm glad you know sure I'm glad that I acted on on that impulse so to speak you know versus um versus Aww. just
0: you guys can't see that her grandson is walking just with me walker and when, yeah, coming he's... to grandma with the biggest smile for a hug Aww. <laughs> <laughs> but you even as a child like your whole life you pretty much felt that way
1: i don't know about as a child but or a little um yeah, I. Uh, um, it, it's always it, it. It is difficult when you get those impressions to know. Well, is that just me? Yeah. You know, but I feel I like it's
2: definitely one of his spiritual gifts. Yeah, for
1: I, sure. I spent a lot of time reading uh, Elder Bednar's uh, take on the subject. Like he's got a lot of stuff to say about receiving personal mm-hmm. revelation. And
0: his he has a book about it, or just talks. He or? does have a book about it, and several talks.
1: Okay. Yeah, and History several talks about it. it. And mm-hmm. yeah, he's done. He's done a bunch of. He's actually done a bunch of talks on receiving personal revelation, and his take on it is, you know, when you get impressions like that, you need to act on them because that is revelation.
0: Yeah, I love it. Well, I'm going to wrap up in a minute, but I want. I want you to talk about the cancer and where you're at in it and kind of how the Lord's helping you through this. Big trial. <laughs>
1: uh, that's a tough one. That was, of course, a big surprise, but looking back on it, I know that there were certain signs that if I had stopped and thought about it, would have gotten me to the doctor well before I did. And the last one was um, I got a, I developed a stomach ache about June, about the middle of June. Not a bad one, just kind of a naggy one. Um, didn't you know? Didn't have me, you know, popping a lot of Advil or anything like that to make the pain go away. It was just there, and like I say, it was just a little kind of naggy, and uh, about the end of August, I finally said to Debbie, I, and I mentioned this to her a couple of times, I finally said to Debbie, I've got to go to the doctor and find out what this is, because a stomach ache for this long is just not normal, um, and so we, uh, uh, we had actually, uh, I planned a little, at the last minute, planned a little trip to go to Idaho um, and just go all the way up Idaho up to the northern half and come down the other side uh, through Montana and home. Um, we'd been all over southern Idaho quite a bit, uh, but had never been clear up north, and we know that Idaho is a beautiful state, and so we just, you know, we just said, hey, let's, you know, take a few days and go up to Idaho. And it was over Labor Day weekend, actually. And we never go on the major holidays because everybody else does, right? Um, but that just happened to be the time frame that worked out. And it was it right before we left, we made the appointment with the doctor? No, we no, were on the, the road. Ladder. And I yeah. called and made you a doctor appointment. Yeah, and this was Wednesday, September 6th. That was the date of the, uh, the appointment. And we went in and uh, he, you know, he does what doctors do, he poked around and, you know, um, asked me a lot of questions and uh, kept you know started prodding over here on the right-hand side and I about hopped off the table because it was it was it was that sharp a pain when he stuck his fingers in there um, and then a little bit on the left side also and I had gotten to the point too where I couldn't sleep on my right or my left side in because the pain would just shift there and uh, so he said well he said, we, you know, he said, this is what I want to do. He said, I'm going to send you for a CT scan.
0: Did he have a, sus- was he suspicious right then? Did you he think did, but he we didn't say anything. Okay. Yeah, he didn't tell him.
1: Yeah. Um, he, he told us afterwards that he was quite nervous after we left the um, office.
2: He wasn't feeling good about what the outcome was going to be. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. So. Um,
2: you had that CT scan on Friday.
1: I had the CT scan on Friday. And Saturday morning, um, I I was looking through my email, and um, it said that my results were in. And, and you know, and how they've got those portals these yeah. days, you know, the apps, yeah, the apps You just log in to see, you just log in to see what it is, and and uh, I'm looking I'm looking down through the report, and it's going through the various things they looked at and, you know, normal, 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 normal. And I thought, well, great, you know, this is good, until I got down to the very bottom where the radiologist summarizes his findings. And the first thing it said was um, that the conclusion conclusion they had come to was that it was what they called uh, peritoneal carcinomatosis. Which
2: is quite a medical term. Yeah, we didn't yeah. know at the time what that meant, but carcinomatosis just means cancer that's metastasized from somewhere else.
1: Yeah. So, so, uh,
0: so you knew it was cancer right then? Yeah. Yes. And yeah. how did you feel? I mean, they yeah. didn't even... I, we were pretty nervous. I, <laughs> shocking, she, right?
1: Yeah, I was sitting, I was sitting in a chair in our room, and, and uh, Debbie was in the, in the bathroom just you know, getting, getting dressed and getting ready for the day and whatnot. I said... I said, hey, Deb, you've got to come here and look at this. and uh,
2: So then, of course, we started googling going all the terminology, which is never good.
1: Yeah, and you know, after, after we got over, you know, crying for who knows how long, but so for the rest of that day, we're like, ah, you know, what, how do we handle, how do we handle this? Then our doctor um, called about 4 o'clock that afternoon and it's yeah, like he a, was a nervous wreck yeah poor guy he he didn't want to make that call as much as we wanted to not get it and uh um, i'm telling you if you ever get a phone call on the weekend from your doctor don't don't, that's don't a bad sign don't answer the phone oh. yeah and he he explained that yeah you know you,
2: you and he'd already made the urgent referral to oncology and they called us on then on Tuesday we found out the primary site was the pancreas. We had a, he had a bunch of tests and yeah. found out the, the primary site. So and you we, started chemo right away. It sounds like it took a little, took while, a little while because um, they needed to know what type of pancreatic cancer it was because you know treatment could be different or whatever. But um, anyway, and they also when they it, it took about three two. A little more than two weeks mm-hmm. to get the biopsy back so when they found out the type it wasn't the typical ordinary you know run-of-the-mill pancreatic cancer that most people get it was an extremely rare form that our doctor had never seen a case so then he sent us to an oncologist up at the imc that's a specialist in gi cancers and this is only like his fourth or fifth case and yeah wow. it's very rare So they, you know, and then once they got that, then I think about a week later, he started and he, but then he missed when he was in the hospital, it got pushed back. And so he just this last Monday completed his fourth round and it's every two weeks, but his has been pushed out a little bit because of being in the hospital. And um, so then this next week, he has more CT scans to see if the cancer is doing anything or helping at all.
1: Yeah, to see if see if the chemo is done. Any, I
2: guess. Any good. I said that wrong. Chemo is done. Yeah.
1: yeah. So that's kind of kind of where we're we're at right now. I've 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 done my best to keep a good attitude about it.
2: But there are lots of hard days. Yeah. Lots of hard. Because
1: days. you know, I have a solid testimony. the plan of salvation and know that the Lord has a plan for everybody and when it's your time it's your time and it's not I don't look at it as dying I look at it as, as transitioning to the other side
2: He says, he keeps telling me, it's a comma, not a period.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's beautiful.
1: It's, and it's, and it's, and it's temporary. You know, our separation is, is just temporary.
0: Yeah. And what do they say, the doctors say, like, about this cancer? Is it, like, more serious or? Well, it
2: was. So if you I don't know how much people's you know knowledge is about cancer but it's they they tell you what stage it is and that kind of gives you your prognosis and it was once it it's metastasized it's stage four and so we didn't even find out till it was stage four they consider it terminal but they do chemo not to cure him but to try to extend his life so that's yeah, if he responds, you know, to the treatment and stuff like that.
0: Yeah. And so. you'll find
2: out when again? Well, I have the scans on Wednesday, so who knows? Maybe okay. We might see it in the app again, or they might call yes. us. Oh,
0: that just seems so impersonal to read it in the app. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure the doctor had a we hard time telling about, you We found out about but it was yeah. his pancreas in the app, too. Oh. Um, The bishop asked a question, and I want to get that, and then I'll let you get to your family. And he said, what counsel would you give to any young women or young men, or young man, any young women or young man, as they are making decisions about their future? Oh. Hmm. The gospel's true, and
2: stick to the teachings, and, you know, your parents are right. (laughs) it's easier to obey the commandments than have to repent and suffer through all the hard times from not obeying the commandments. It's not, you don't have to learn everything the hard way. You can just be obedient and life is a lot easier.
1: Yeah, it's... You know, the, the, uh, the world, you know does a really good job of, of, uh, of showing, showing people the shiny object and trying to distract people from what really, things that are really meaningful and things that will ground you and set you in the right direction. And I think the really important thing is is to try is is for young people to try and determine what they want. There is, uh, you know, what kind of what a kind of life do you want? What are you know are the are the people with the shiny objects? Are they really happy? And do they feel like they're headed in the right direction? I think most people. I I, I think if you ask most people you know, how they're doing in life, they, you know, if, if they, if they're dissatisfied with their life, what's the reason, you know, and it's hold to the rod, hold to the rod,
2: and the Book of Mormon is true. And if the Book of Mormon is true, the Gospel's true. And if the Gospel's true, the prophet is the prophet. And that's the way it is. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and the Book of Mormon's true. Okay, thank you. Do you have any like practical tips? Because you have done a lot of things in your career and in your life before we leave. I mean, you don't have to, but if you have anything that's helped guide you, I know the Gospel is the most important in that personal revelation piece, right? I you know, I I think that
2: people should do something that they feel like they're good at and that will um bring them some joy. You shouldn't hate your career or your you know, your life circumstances. So you should make decisions that will put you in a place where you can do those things that bring you joy and that will bring your family peace and happiness.
1: Yeah. There's President yeah. Nelson just uh, just came out with a book called what is it oh shoot
2: Heart of the Matter
1: Heart of the Matter um, it's just it's
2: it's advice from living for and it, he's in his hundredth year yeah it's an
1: excellent excellent book if yeah if, if ever you wanted to uh, to know what a prophet will say to you to lead a good life and to have um just to, to have a good life and receive the rewards of li- of living the gospel it's all in that book
0: I have not heard of it it's so yeah, good yeah.
1: it's it's just it's it's excellent wow i recommend it to anybody
0: okay that's going to go on my list for sure well thank you for spending the time with me and letting me crash your party and I appreciate your honesty uh, and your testimony. Fine. <laughs> you guys can't see me tearing up on the other end, but <laughs> it's so
2: it's just, you know, it's not really a party, it's all good.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so thank you.